Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 28. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. If you gouge out someone's eye, that spoke of completely debilitating them and taking away their depth perception and take away their peripheral vision. If you take away peripheral vision, you are useless for battle. Interesting, the right eye in the scriptures represent or is symbolic of judgment or assessment. Satan wants to gouge out your right eye because he wants to take away your ability to spiritually discern and assess and judge and evaluate a situation. He wants to take away your perception and your ability to make good decisions. He wants to take away your ability to see God's plan clearly. Don't you get that? Satan wants to make you a slave and make you a one-eyed warrior so then you're useless for the kingdom of God and you're carnal and you cannot see. That's Satan's devices. He wants to put out your right eye. He wants to completely debilitate you. Well, be that as it may, well, look at verse five. Saul was afraid. Why? Two things. Number one, write it down. A guilty conscience. Proverbs 28.1. The wicked, I love this verse. I don't know that I've really ever seen it before. Proverbs 28.1. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. I love that verse. Galatians 6 tells us you reap what you sow. Listen, young folk, you don't have to like it, but it still remains true. You will reap what you sow. You cannot, young folk, old folk alike. I'm just talking to young folk because young folk don't seem to understand. You reap what you sow. Pray for me. You reap what you sow. If you sow good things, you'll reap good things. If you sow bad things, you reap bad things. You cannot... Sowing, the law of sowing and reaping is a, 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 a spiritual law that cannot be broken, just like the law of gravity cannot be broken. You cannot break the law of spiritual reaping and sowing. In other words, you cannot escape your past. And if you, listen, if you have sex before you get married, then you're going to have a baby. And you're going to be somebody's baby mama and you're going to be, or you're going to be somebody's baby daddy and you're going to be single and pregnant. That is a law. You can't escape it. So the answer to that is not condoms. This is a grown folk Bible study. That's why we send the children down to the children's ministry. 
That's why we don't want the kids in here because their children don't need to hear this type of topic. So when you invite your friends, tell them, Pastor Rodney might be talking about something that's not child-friendly. That's why we wouldn't put your kids down there. Amen. And we buy a lot of goldfish so your kids can enjoy. <laughs> and a lot of animal crackers. Amen. You cannot have sex outside of marriage and, 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 and not expect to get pregnant. You can't have sex inside of marriage and expect not to get pregnant. <laughs> I, I am. I'm trying to preach. <laughs> My point is you, 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 you cannot. You will reap what you sow. It is a law. You cannot escape it. And it's alarming to me. Think about it. It's alarming to me today how people talk about, you know, uh, baby mama. I'm, you know, that's my baby daddy. That's my baby daddy. That's my baby daddy. That's my baby daddy. As if that's a cool thing. Isn't it true? It's almost like we, we're trying to make it a cool thing. Let me tell you something. I don't care what the world tells you. It is not cool to have a baby daddy. That is not cool. That's not cool. And we all understand a baby daddy means outside of marriage. Let's keep it clear. It's great to have a baby daddy if you're married. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell him, now he's preaching. Now he's preaching. Because I know I'm right about that. <laughs> That's okay. But, but it's not cool. It's not cool to have a baby mama. All these, what's going on in the world today is not cool. It's not of God. And it's hurting our children. And nobody's talking about that. Nobody's talking about the fact that we have real problems in our world today. And real problems among our youth today. And something needs to be done about that. Not handing them condoms and tell them to go use it. But, but give them some substance and some information and some, some, some accountability. So that this, this idea of your, your baby daddy or if you get pregnant and you don't want the baby, well then just go and abort the baby. And Y'all know I try my best to stay away from political issues. But this one is not political. This one is biblical. God judged nations because of their killing of tens and tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands of babies. God has judged whole nations. And by the way, I can prove it. When's the last time you've met an Amorite? Well, what are you, African-American? <laughs> what are you? Uh, white. <laughs> what are you? A Philistine? <laughs> you have not met a Philistine. Tell me you know a Philistine. 
You don't know a Philistine. And the reason you don't know a Philistine, the reason you don't know an Amorite, the reason you don't know an Amalekite, the reason you don't know an a, a Ammonite is because God wiped them off the face of the earth for their disobedience and largely for their killing of children and babies and disobedience to his word. God wiped their existence off the face of the planet. Bible students, where you at? That's true. That's true. Saul is reaping what he has sown for many years. Saul has a terrible past of rebellion against God. Saul has repeatedly turned his back on God. Saul turned his back on the word of God. Saul knew that David was going to be the rightful king. But over and over, Saul tried to kill David, knowing David did nothing. So Saul is afraid. And rightfully so, he should be, because sin kills. Don't, under, don't, don't misunderstand. Don't misunderstand. You can repent of sin and be forgiven. But if you do not repent of sin, sin kills. Ungodly people are bound by fear. According to Proverbs, they run in terror when nobody's chasing them. Search the scriptures. There's a definite connection between sin and fear. There's a definite connection between sin and fear. Saul is looking at his army. He's afraid because he knows God is not with him. And the reason God is not with him is because he has not been with God. You can't expect God to bless you if you don't do things his way. And whether it's your business or your tax returns or your relationships, you want to meet somebody and get married, but you're looking for love in all the wrong places. You looking in the club. Amen. Don't look in the club for somebody. Don't look in the, uh, 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 what the, what the, Any other place in church. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Amen. You want a godly woman, fellas, you find her at church. That's what you're going to find a godly Ladies, men, you want a godly woman, find her at church. Ladies, you want a godly husband, you find him at church. You don't look... You don't, you don't, you want a godly man and you go to a pizza shop. Y'all pray for me. <laughs> you don't go to a pizza shop. You don't go to a pizza shop for Chinese food, do you? No. <laughs> Tough night. <laughs> if you want that. <laughs> Listen, if you want an egg roll, you don't go to a pizza shop. <laughs> I know I'm going somewhere in here with that. I just, I know it. I know it. I'm getting there. I'm going there. The problem is we want God to bless our mess. We want God to bless our mess. Now get the scene here. Okay, enough. Get the scene. We've got two armies facing off in a very strategic valley, and the Philistines know it, the Jezreel Valley. The Jezreel Valley was an important trade and commerce um, place, location. 
And whoever wins this location gains the resources of the Jordan River. Saul, listen, got, get the scene. Saul is on top of Mount Gilboa. Mount Gilboa is 12,050 feet above sea level. Across the way are the Philistines, and they are in Shuman, and they are ready to face off. So Saul is afraid because he's about to fight the greatest army of Israel without God. Question. What do people do when they're afraid? They pray. You know, somebody once said, you'll never find an atheist in a foxhole. That's the truth. I know that to be a fact. I was in Saudi Arabia. We went to Saudi Arabia, and, you know, we uh, back in a desert storm, and we packed up, went to Saudi Arabia. They told us we were leaving. We were gone in, you know, seven days, and uh, y'all were, uh, I think you were, Nine, eleven, somewhere around there. How old? Six. You grew up too fast. <laughs> so we get on the plane. We all go to Saudi Arabia. We get there. We put our bags down. I told you guys this. We get in the airplane hangar. You, they, they put like 2,000 of us in this airplane hangar. And you just put your bag down and open up your cot, and that's where you're going to be until they tell you you're going to move. We stayed there for two weeks. As soon as we got there, I put my bag down, dug my Bible out of my bag, stood on a trash can, and screamed out as loud as I could, I'm having a Bible study up at the light post in about 20 minutes. Literally screamed it out. People were like, huh? I'm, like, I'm having a Bible study in about 20 minutes up by the light post. If anybody want to come, that's where I'm going to be. Mind you, I had been in the Persian Gulf for five minutes. Do you know 40 people came to that Bible study just like that? 40 people. And honestly, some of them people, I didn't know they knew what a Bible was. They had a Bible with them. Matter of fact, I looked, I said, I said, you got a Bible? <laughs> well, well, yeah, I got a Bible. I'm like, why? Why are you asking? I, I'm sorry. I just thought a Bible would like burn in your hand or something. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's shocking. You got a Bible? Wow, okay, cool. And we had a Bible study there. There's no atheist in a foxhole. So what do people do when they are in trouble? What do, you know, which, which, which reminds me, we know when people are in trouble, offer them prayer. Or even if they don't know God. Often, just to say, just be nice about it and, and don't, you know, don't, don't pray, don't start speaking in tongues all over them and carrying on. That's scary, okay? You know, just be cool, okay? Pray, you know, pray for, okay, hey, would you mind, hey, yeah, you got problems, yeah. Would you mind if I pray for you? Nobody has ever, not in all my 30 plus years of being a Christian, nobody has ever told me, no, I prefer you not pray for me. Most people, even if they don't know God, thinks, well, you know what? It can't hurt. <laughs> Am I right about that? They think, so offer prayer. When people are afraid, they pray. That's what Saul did. Look at verse 6. Saul then inquired of the Lord, and the Lord didn't answer him by dreams or Urim or by the prophets. Now look real close. You'll see Saul go from fear to terror to sheer panic. Notice Saul tried to talk to God one-on-one -on -one in prayer, and God didn't answer Saul because his heart was not right. And then Saul lowered his standards a little bit and sought God through dreams. Now understand something. 
When the Bible says he sought God through dreams, it doesn't mean that he went to bed hoping that he would have a dream that God would speak to him. What that means is that in those days, they would use drugs to induce you into a trance, hoping that the dreamer would see the future while in a trance. Now, I don't know what they were thinking, because drugs actually cloud your mind and cloud you from hearing God and hearing anything else. But God wasn't speaking to him through prayer. God wasn't speaking to him through dreams. And God wasn't speaking to him through the Urim, the Urim. Now, more often than not, and you see in the scriptures, you see the Urim and the Thummim together. The Urim was a stone that was used again with the Thummim. They were basically fortune-telling stones. They were flat stones with yes and no on them. And when they were uh, taken and shaken and thrown out, if they both had the answer yes, well, then, of course, your answer for whatever you were praying about or asking God about was yes. So the Urim and the Thummim was worn between the priestly ephod. And God wasn't answering through the, through the Urim. So maybe God didn't answer by the Urim because Saul killed 85 priests just five chapters ago. God didn't answer by dreams and God didn't answer by the Urim or by the prophets. And maybe God didn't answer by the prophets because nobody was listening to the prophets at that time. Remember, we started out in chapter 3, 1 Samuel chapter 3. It says, and the word of God was rare in those days. So even if God was speaking, nobody was listening. Are you? Listening, that is. Not to me. I hope you're listening to me. Not to me. To God. The word of God was rare in those days. So he wasn't speaking to Saul by, through prayer. Saul's praying. God's not speaking. Saul's using the Urim. God's not speaking. Saul's going to seek the prophets, and God's not speaking through the prophets either. So he is in a place of uh, sheer panic at this point. Here's the takeaway. When God is speaking, open your ears and listen. You know, actually, when couples are having loud fellowship, let's call it that, loud fellowship. Couples, y'all know what I'm talking about? Argument, y'all. Loud fellowship. That's a good thing. And I always tell people, you know, there's, there's a way to argue. Most people don't argue fair. You know what I mean? People argue, and I get you, I get you, and I get you. There's a way to argue fair. And there's a way to have loud fellowship in a fair way. But loud fellowship is good because at least two people are talking. It's a problem when you stop talking. Loud fellowship is bad when, 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 nobody, when nobody's talking, when nobody's saying anything. You know, um, ladies, y'all, y'all, y'all good at that. Y'all, y'all don't say nothing. Y'all, y'all don't say nothing. You come in the house and you, and you ain't say nothing. Ladies are, y'all masters. Amazing. Don't say nothing. You know, what's wrong? What's wrong? Nothing. <laughs> Wait a minute. Somebody say to you, what's wrong? And you go, nothing. 
there's something wrong, okay? What's wrong? None. Y'all, y'all good at it. I was leaving the other morning. Matter of fact, I was leaving really early the other morning, and um, a few mornings back, and uh, Miss Alvaro was still asleep, and uh, uh, she actually kind of woke up as I was leaving, and I said, okay, uh, I'll see you later. It was really early morning. I said, I said, I'll see you later. And she didn't say, you know, I'll see you later back or peace out or, you know, uh, or, uh, you know, uh, text me. Usually she say, text me when you get there because I leave so early. You know, she text me when you get there. She ain't say nothing. So I'm like, that's odd. I said, what's wrong with you? <laughs> so what's wrong with you? She goes, Oh, no, this time she ain't say nothing. <laughs> this time she said, oh, this is what she said. This is what you said. You said, <laughs> she said, I ain't saying nothing to you till you get, come over here and give me a kiss. You don't walk out this house and don't give me no kiss. See you later. <laughs> Women are good at it. God wasn't speaking to Saul because Saul wasn't speaking to God. God wasn't found by Saul because Saul wasn't seeking to find the Lord. The Bible tells us Isaiah 55, 6, write it down. Isaiah 55, 6, seek the Lord while he may be found. Anybody else know? Call upon him while he is near. So because Saul didn't seek the Lord and God didn't answer, he chooses to seek another source. He chose to seek a divine, evil, ungodly source. But I want you to notice something in verse 4 through 6. Notice Saul gathered. Look at verse 4 through 6. Just travel with me. Come on. Saul gathered, saw, and inquired. Verses 4 through 6. Saul, he gathered, saw, and inquired. Don't y'all understand that's backward? He should have what? Inquired first. Again, when God speaks, listen, because when God speaks, it's a good thing. You know, I've learned in the 20 years in this church, I don't care what anybody says. I have learned to listen to the still small voice of God because I know when God is speaking, it's a good thing. God is never speaking, and it's a bad thing. It's always a good thing. You know, I think of Noah. God said, my spirit shall not always strive with man. That means there's coming a point that God says it's enough. In other words, man is running out of time morally. Don't you remember? I need to move a little quicker. Don't you remember I told you that God judges a nation not by a clock, but by a moral clock? God judges a nation based on morality. I think of Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived. He said, Proverbs 1, 28 through 33, then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently or early, but they will not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel and despise my every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be defiant, be filled to the full with their own fancies or devices. For the turning away of the simple will slay them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely and we and will be secure 
without fear of evil. The Bible tells us Saul was afraid because he hasn't listened to the voice of the Lord. So the Lord isn't answering him. I think of Genesis chapter 15, verse 16. God told Abraham that he was going to take his descendants down to Egypt for 400 years until the iniquity of the Amorites is complete or is to a full. You know, I told you that the Canaanites and the Amorites were evil, wicked, perverse people. They were in the bestiality and again, aborting thousands and thousands of children. And God waited until they were so perverted and so perverse that it would be an infection to any other people to allow them to live. And when their iniquity had come to a full, that's morality. God used Israel to judge them. And God reserves the right to look at a nation and say, these people are beyond redemption. God waited until their iniquity had come to completion and then judgment. But listen, God is patient. God is merciful. Somebody say amen. God is gracious and God measures time morally. Have you noticed we live in a confusing time of morality, don't we? People are calling wrong, right, and right, wrong. Please to say, say amen. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.